Welcome to the King's Chapel Alaska podcast. From wherever you are listening, we are so excited that you tuned in today. Let's prepare our hearts to hear from God's Word. Hey, it's such a joy and a privilege to be here. I, I just, I want to share, look, th- this was something that was on my heart even in, back in um, at the prophetic conference, and I didn't have the freedom to really share it at the moment. It's something that's extremely personal to me, so I felt like the Lord spoke it, it it's, it's, it's me, and I, I'm, I'm going to maybe have a hard time getting through this this night, but I feel like that it's something, we're, we're so connected, it's just like being with family. I was talking to my wife, she sends her regards, by the way, she's uh, in Texas right now, we're dropping off my oldest daughter at Christ for the Nations, and spending a few weeks here in, uh, in, in the States, and uh, so love you, thank you. She's my number one fan, so uh, which is great, right? Uh, it helps me. But um, and what was I saying? I can't remember. What? Oh yeah, the, okay, that's right. It's a deep word. That <laughs> it's very deep, guys. I promise you, it's really, really deep. But uh, <laughs> but. It, Oh, that's what I was saying. There's such a, I was just talking to her. She's like, you know, it's like, like being there is like being with family, which is true. And uh, love uh, your pastors so very much. So honored to be here. And uh, thank you for having me. Love you guys. And uh, the times that they've ministered in Chile, I'm forever grateful. Again, I've said this in every service, and I really believe it. It hasn't been just to our church or churches. It's been something that has ministered to the nation. Whether it knows it or not yet, it, it's been to the nation. And uh, everything God does is something bigger than where we're at at the moment. And he blesses you to be a blessing. He speaks to you to be, I mean, he's just, it's not just to our moment right now. It's, it, it is that, but it's for something even greater. And uh, the, the ministry that they've done to my children and my family. <laughs> Forever grateful. Thanks for being my friend. And having the same haircut. <laughs> Love you. <laughs> All right, I'll try to get it together. All right, get it together. Okay, Zan- uh, let's go to Zechariah chapter four. I'm, yes. What I want to speak of, the, the title for today is Sons and Daughters of Fresh Oil, Rain, and Fire. And I believe that this is what the Lord is wanting to do to the church, in the church, as a, as a whole. As you're going to Zechariah chapter 4, I want you to just have this in the back of your mind, because I believe that this is part of what, what the author is trying to convey. When God wants to establish something, he does it in the mouth of two or three witnesses. So even like in Matthew 18, verses 19 through 20, if two uh, of you agree on earth about anything they ask, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven, for where two or three gathered in my name, there I am among them. It talks about even prayer. Sometimes we just see it, and and there is an aspect that's petitionary, that's supplication, but there's also an aspect of it where we establish something, and God is just looking for somebody that will witness with him his intent, his purpose to establish his kingdom here on earth. And that requires to look through the eyes of faith 
It requires to partner with him, and he's looking. That's, that's an aspect of, of what we're, we're called to do. Um, and when you find in Matthew chapter 17, verses 3 and 5, and you have the, the, even, even the, the, the Mount of Transfiguration, you don't have to go there. I just simply just want you to just have this in mind, two or three witnesses. You have Jesus that appears, and then you have Elijah and Moses. They Both of them are testifying about Jesus in the mouth of two or three witnesses. Something is established. Things are established. So I want you to have that in mind as we get into Zechariah chapter 4. And I think I'm just going to go ahead and read the whole chapter. It's just 14 verses. And uh, we'll just then focus on, on a couple of things that I want to focus on. And the angel who talked with me came again. This is uh, Zechariah chapter 4. And woke me like a man who is awakened out of his sleep. Now listen, you could just camp there and preach about that. But one of the things that the Holy Spirit is doing even now is awakening the church. It's like, wake up. Okay. And he said to me, what do you see? I said, I see and behold a lampstand of olive gold with a bowl on the top of it and seven lamps on it with seven lips on each of the lamps that are on the top of it. So it's the seven lamps, you have the bowl is like where the oil would fall into and have the wick that would be lit. And, um, and there are two olive trees by it, one on the right of the bowl and the other on its left. And I said to the angel who talked with me, what are these, my Lord? And then the angel who talked with me answered and said to me, do you not know what these are? I love the interactions, like, uh, don't you know? And he goes, I said, no, I don't. And then he said to me, this is the word of the Lord to Zerubbabel, not by might, nor by power, but by my spirit, says the Lord of hosts. Who are you, O great mountain? Before Zerubbabel you shall become a plain, and he shall bring forward the top stone amid shouts of grace, grace to it. In fact, where, where, what direction is the new building? All right, why don't we just... Aim our hands that way. Some of you were more confused than I am. And we're just going to say, grace, come on, grace to it, to it. All right. Can we do it one more time? That was a little, that was kind of bad. All right, one, two, three. Grace, grace to it. All right, okay. Then the word of the Lord came to me saying, the hands of Zerubbabel have laid the foundation of this house. His hands shall also complete it. This was going to be a sign. And then you will know that the Lord of hosts has sent me to you, for whoever has despised the day of small things shall rejoice and shall see the plumb line in the hand of Zerubbabel. These seven are the eyes of the Lord which range through, um, through the whole earth. Then I said to him, what are these two olive trees on the right and on the left of the lampstand? And the second time I answered and said to him, it's like the angel doesn't, is like, don't you know this already? What are these two branches of the olive trees which are beside the two golden pipes from which, are the gold, from which the golden oil is poured out. I love that this is included here because he's giving us a little bit more detail about what's happening right next to this lampstand. And he said to me, do you not know what these are? I said, no, I don't. And then he said, these are the two anointed ones who stand by the Lord of the whole earth Literally what that means in the Hebrew is the two sons of new oil. Two sons of new oil who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Holy Spirit, just, just you've placed this in my spirit for a while. Help me to communicate what you've placed in my heart. 
Thank you, Lord, for your grace. In the name of Jesus, amen, amen. Now, look, I'm not gonna get, just for the sake of time, can't get into all, all the details on this, but I just wanna focus on these two, the anointed ones in verse 14, the sons of the new oil, fresh oil who stand by the Lord of the whole earth. Now, of course, we know that oil represents the Holy Spirit. It also represents prosperity. And even in studying this, one of the things that they would often do is that they would mix oil with the mortar in the building of this, the rebuilding. And you have to understand that. Zerubbabel is one of the last of the natural Davidic line of David, okay? He's one of the last ones. He's governor over there. Who are these two witnesses? He's talking about Joshua, the high priest, and he's talking about Zerubbabel, okay? One of them is, just said it, is a priest. The other one is a, we could say, king. Of course, he's under Persia, but he's governing over this time. And many people at the time had an expectation that he had somewhat of a messianic flavor to his life and to the expectation on him that he would maybe bring the kingdom of God at that time and free them from the Persians. And especially being the fact that he was of the blood descent of David. And one of the last ones, if not the last one. King and priest. I wanna, I wanna propose to you tonight that they are a picture of what God is wanting to do in the church. You and I being called a kingdom of priests or kings and priests. This is part of God's original design. He's never backed off of this and he never will. It's just, you find it from Genesis all the way to Revelation. It's part of his divine plan. In Genesis chapter one, verse 28, be fruitful, multiply, fill the earth and subdue, have dominion over it. Of course, they gave that up when they sinned. Exodus chapter 19, verses five through six, part of God's intent with the people of Israel. What is it that he was trying to do when he called out the Jewish nation? What was, it, what was he trying to do? Well, all the earth, and notice how he says, all the earth is mine. This is what God is saying. And you shall be to me a kingdom of priests and a holy nation. It's part of the original design. He's calling them, what I'm trying to do with you is I'm trying to call you out. I, wanna, I want you to be an example, an illustration of my intent and purpose. And I'm calling you to be kings and priests. And the fact that he says all the earth is mine is giving the connotation, the idea that they are to have dominion over the earth. Extend his rule, extend his kingdom. We could go through, man, there's tons of scriptures. First uh, uh, Peter 2, 9 through 10, uh, it says we're a royal priesthood because now we begin to be the fulfillment of this, a holy nation that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. Then you get into Revelation, one of my favorites is chapter five, verses nine through 10, and it talks about you have made them a kingdom and priests to our God and they shall reign on the earth. And he's speaking about the church. Tons of scriptures that we could go through, but again, just for the sake of time. Now, now this is the picture of what's happening here. Um, Zechariah is having this vision, and this angel's like, get with the program, you know, when he's asking these questions. And the picture is you have these two olive trees, and then he says, what are these that are next to the lampstand? And then he's, you begin to understand that there's this kind of weird little contraption that's happening. It's almost like these pipes that are going from the two trees directly lighting the lamp so that there's a constant flow of oil. Now, part of the job of the priest was to go into the temple and keep that lit. 
and there was a whole bunch of rules and regulation. It couldn't be any strange fire. It couldn't be any kind of anointing oil. It had to be something very specific before the Lord, and they had to keep that lit the entire time. It always had to be on. Here, what we have the picture is not of just somebody coming and having to make sure that there's oil that's placed in there. It's, it's, it's as though they, they have this, this, this uh, uh, tube or whatever just, just connected to them. You know what I mean? Like it's just you have this source that's connected directly from this olive tree, these two olive trees connected directly to this lamp having to do with the fire of God. It has to do with the Holy Spirit. It's a picture of revelation. It's a picture of just God's presence. It's a picture of just even, even who he is. I'm telling you, the thing that, that the Lord is doing at this time, he's not wanting people to live off of old anointing, old oil, things that worked in the past. He is doing something that is fresh. And what he's doing as a church, and I believe it's a picture of the church, kings and priests, a kingdom of priests, of kings and priests, of he's, it's almost like he's just putting that, that tube, if I could say it that way, and just connecting us straight to the anointing oil of the Holy Spirit, where there is something that is fresh, something that is new, and that it comes in in greater power and in greater authority. I want you to go with me to Revelation chapter 11. Verse 4, I, I want to just submit to you. I understand that when we get into chapter 11 um, in, in Revelation, a lot of times we, we talk about the two witnesses. We think of Elijah and Enoch and, uh, and all that. I, I want to propose to you that it also can be okay, picture of the church. In fact, if you read back to one of the things that the Holy Spirit does through John is that he redefines things. You have the 144,000 witnesses. A lot of times, and then all of a sudden he looks back and then there's try. I mean, there's, there's multitude of people, you can't even number them. A lot of the things that God does is redefine things through John. You know, who can open the scroll, the lion of the tribe of Judah. He hears that, he looks, what does he see? A lamb that is slain. It, it, he redefines things here. And I believe that this here is a picture of what the Lord is doing. Revelation chapter 11. Now notice in verse 4. These are the two olive trees and the two lampstands. Zechariah, it's one, but here it's two. That stand before the Lord of the earth. Notice the language, because he's borrowing from Zechariah, right? And if anyone would harm them, fire pours out from their mouth and consumes their foes. If anyone would harm them, this is how he is doomed to be killed. They have the power to shut the sky that no rain may fall during the days of their prophesying. And they have power over the waters to turn them into blood and to strike the earth with every kind of plague as often as they desire. And I want you to notice here, uh, and, and when they have finished their testimony, well, then he goes on. Um, uh, I, I, man, I don't, I'll just, I guess we'll just finish it. And when they have finished their testimony, the beast that rises from the bottomless pit will make war on them, conquer them, kill them, and their dead bodies will lie in the street of the great city that symbolically is called Sodom in Egypt, where the Lord was crucified. Okay, this is, this is the point that I, I, I sensed even, hopefully I'm not losing everybody on this, of what the Lord is, and it's a picture, and it's a picture of power, 
Don't get lost as far as on, the, on the having to do with judgment and killing. I want you to just think of it this way, because again, the author is also borrowing and he's, he's, he's alluding to the plagues that we find in Exodus. This is what he's talking about. He's talking about a church that will stand up, not a spineless church, not a Ned Flanders kind of a church in spirituality, but one that will stand up. It is not, it's not, not so preoccupied with being kind as being on truth, right? And walking in love, right? Sometimes we're, we're, we're so worried about being kind, we wanna be kind that we, we sell out our soul in the process. And so it's, it's a church that stands up and says, no, this is right, and right is right, truth is truth, this is wrong, sin is sin, period, and speaks in a way that brings justice of God on the earth in extending his kingdom. It, 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 this is the thing. Listen, there was a time where people feared the prayers of the church. Was it the queen of the England? It said, I don't, I don't fear the, was it Scotland or England? It was one of those two. It's saying that I don't fear the armies. What I fear is the prayers of John Knox, right? It's, it's that thing of like, if the church prays and understands who she is, that she's not a cut off branch, that she's not powerless, that she's not this weak thing abandoned and just kind of here trying to survive and make it and hopefully Jesus comes back soon and we all go to heaven and, and just get me out of this place, but actually here partnering with Jesus, with the, seeing his kingdom established, knowing that when they pray, things get established on earth and the very justice of God gets done to the point where governments fear what the church does or prays. In fact, praying in such a way that what you pray today comes out in the news tomorrow. That kind of prayer. And not, not, not in a formulaic thing, but just going like, I know my God. I understand his heart and his intent for this nation, for this time, and therefore I'm going to partner with him and I'm connected, that Holy Spirit, we're connected directly to it. It's like, it's like we just have that hose in us and that, 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 that fresh oil is flowing and we begin to speak, and we see things happen, calling the very fire of God down. And even having to do with rain, we, we, we just be able to speak and see that very rain of heaven, the blessing even being pronounced over a nation, over situations, over a family. I'm telling you, there is power, and God is teaching us at this moment as a church to understand who we are. How is it that we will reign on earth as kings and priests, when we're more scared of COVID than people that don't know the Lord. Explain that to me. When we're more fearful, what's gonna happen tomorrow? And if somebody that's an unbeliever doesn't have reason to be fearful, we'll give them reasons. I'm talking about the, the Antichrist into the world and all that, and so if somebody didn't have fear before, now they have it, thanks to us. And yet we're gonna govern and we're gonna reign on earth along with Jesus. Like, like how does this work? This is our moment to take the place that God has given us and be able to say, no, this is, this is it. This is where I stand. This is where I speak. And understanding, even if we have to pay the price with our own life, we do it. it doesn't, it's a small price to pay. In fact, one of the things I believe in the book of Revelation is that it's a manual on how to be a martyr for Jesus. Meaning that it's knowing, like, like, that's why it's calling, like, don't give up, persist in the face of persecution, whatever it is that comes your way, do not take a stand back. Don't stand back. You, you stand. You remain 
faithful and firm. And, and listen, this is what the Lord is doing, I believe, at this moment. There is a fresh oil that is coming. I'm, I'm going to say it this way. Sorry. Let, let me, let me re retract that. There is a fresh oil that is here now. It is right now that the Holy Spirit is pouring in and through you. And what he's just waiting for are those two sons, daughters of fresh oil that will just simply say, okay, here I stand next to you. And you have that flow of the Holy Spirit. You're connected to the source. You're not cut off from the source. You're connected to it. And you begin to proclaim and things begin to happen. Where the enemy starts getting nervous. Where because it's like, oh, wait a minute. Do you realize that part of the word of ecclesia, it means separated ones. It means it, means, it has this thing of like you're separate. But do you know that it also has a, 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 a meaning that, is, that, is, that creates legislation? Like if they wanted to determine something that had to do like with some kind of law or some kind of rule or some kind of, they had to render judgment on something, they would call an ecclesia together, a group of people that would come and they would determine something and then that thing would stand. It would be legally valid and binding. There's an aspect of us as a church where we're not sitting around going, oh, I wonder what's gonna happen, but we know, God, this is your heart and this is your intent. We're going to partner with you and we're gonna see it happen. We're gonna begin to see this happen. We're not just gonna, look, we're not spectators. We're not just asking, Lord, give me a little bit more of peace and grace just to make it. It's, it's no, we're, we're actually beginning to stomp out the very works of the devil and the enemy and, and just kind of go, I see your plan. I see what you're trying to do. And we begin to speak and we begin to see things happen. And I believe, listen, I, I believe, I believe, I believe that even with that, there is a greater release of the angelic, of the power of the Holy Spirit, of crazy kind of prayers, weather patterns change. I mean, just things that are unusual that people that don't even know the Lord will have to recognize that there's something there. And there'll be people that will actually be coming against you that will be fearful because you have power. I've got the power. Because there's real power. It's not a fake thing. It's not a fabricated thing. It's not just trying to have a good service. And No, no, no. I'm talking about walking in the realities of the kingdom of God and you establish that in that place. One of the things I, I um, I've begun seeing in, in Chile, just, just going through a lot of chaos. Then you have the, the, the Coronado, the COVID happening and all that kind of stuff happening. And, and uh, a lot of fear. Fear is trying to just grip and eat our lunch, right? It'll rob you of destiny. Fear is a thief and it's a liar. And I began to just encourage people, go, do you not understand who you are? people were saying like, yeah, but, but you know, the economy and this is that and we got all this other stuff. I'm like, yeah, 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 yeah. Yada, 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 yada. Do you, do you think that God is somehow limited by that? I mean, I mean the, okay, the people of Israel going through the desert, they got over a million people, they've got their animals, right? They got all their stuff and they're just trailing along in the desert. There's nothing in a desert. There's nothing. It's not like they can go and set a trap and go bear hunting, which by the way, Alaska's absolutely beautiful. Oh my goodness. I absolutely love it. They can't do that. There's nothing there. 
And do you think God's limited by, oh yeah, I guess there's no, and there's no resources around like, sorry guys, I, I don't know what to do. You think somehow he's limited by that? And he's got to provide water. He's got to provide food for them. He provides shelter. They have central heating. They got that column of fire. They've got AC, you know, they've got the, the cloud above them. They walk in the shade. They, they, don't, they, they got the GPS. Not one of them is sick. Not one of them gets feeble among them. None of their clothes even wear out, even their shoes. And they're in rebellion against God. And he's doing this. They don't have their act together. And God's like, I am still not limited by your, your imperfections. I'm not fearful of that. That doesn't stop what I'm able to do. And I'm not limited by where you're at or where you're not at or what's happening or what's not. Look, none of that even matters. So I've been encouraging the people. I'm saying, look, I don't, it doesn't matter what happens with the economy. But they're like, yeah, but all these people losing their jobs and this and that. I'm like, do you think God is somehow now up in heaven like, man, I, you know, if there were more jobs available, I could give it to my people. But now there's no jobs. I guess there's nothing, nothing I can do. My hands are tied. I, you know, what, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? Absolutely not. So I've been encouraging people to simply say, listen, you need to begin to speak to your circumstances and just begin to say, this is what is going to happen and this is the determination that we are going to make at this moment. I don't care what's happening around. I don't, I don't care what happens with the economy. It, is, it, is, it, it does not affect what God wants to do and it doesn't limit him in any way. And we have been seeing people after person, family after family, God providing buying houses, selling houses, starting businesses, signing contracts, which is highly unusual. Just when things are going good, nobody wants to get, you know, give them a contract to sign. More now than we've ever seen before. I've said, listen, this is a time of greatest harvest than we've ever had before. And begin to speak to that. And then people are like, yeah, but I can't even go out of the street and witness to anybody. I'm like, yeah, but you're on your phone. You got your family. And we have seen more salvations happen, entire families coming to the Lord, being discipled over Zoom, or, you know, and all these applications, coming to know the Lord and the presence of God manifesting in these houses because he's absolutely not limited by any of those things. We've had people that have had encounters with God that are absolutely, I just absolutely love it. There's one guy, and this is our extension in Vina, which is um, on the coast, and uh, we, we had had this emphasis of being in the word of God and he was going to the bathroom. I'm, I'm just telling it like it happened. He was sitting on the toilet and he's saying like, Lord, if you're real, I just really want, want to encounter this. And he was meditating on that time where Peter says, where are we to go in John chapter six? You're the one that has the words of life. And the next thing he knows, and it's, he doesn't understand what happened. Something happened. The Lord came into that bathroom and he's at the doorway of the, of, the, of the bathroom having no idea how he even got there knowing I experienced something from the Lord. I'm gonna be really honest. This is kind of unspiritual of me, but I was wondering, was he done going to the bathroom? Was he not done? I didn't feel the liberty to ask him. I thought it would be a little weird, but I, I really wanna know, but anyways. This is a thing, we live at a time where the enemy is trying to, to limit our vision of what is possible. He wants to dictate what you can believe and not believe, where you can go and what you could do. And he wants to limit all the things. He says that, no, no, you should be going through financial difficulty at this time, and yeah, you should be worried, and yeah, you need to be medicated on this, and, and all these kind of things. He wants to determine your life and put you in this box 
But God is raising up these sons and daughters of fresh oil, of rain, and of fire that when they speak, listen, you are under an open heaven. You are in Christ. You are in an open heaven. And the Lord at this time wants to stretch our imagination and our thoughts and our faith and what we're believing for in a way, listen, yeah, he wants to bless you, to be a blessing, but he wants to make himself known in and through you, and he's gonna reveal himself in a greater way, and there's a new generation rising now at this moment of that fresh oil, fresh rain and fire, judgment, and the justice of God coming on this earth through the church. He is teaching and training us to reign alongside him. And I just want you to just stand on your feet, if you would, with me for a moment. The Lord is causing now, and you guys are pattern makers for even other churches and ministries, not only here in the United States, but around the world, in a way that I don't think you fully understand. You have a glimpse, but you don't fully understand. But he's creating in this place, in you, it goes from the smallest child to the oldest saint that's here sons and daughters of fresh oil, of fresh rain, of fresh fire. That you are plugged in to the very source of life himself. And there's a greater display of power that when you pray, listen, what you decree is gonna show up in the news. Instead of looking at the news to see what's happening, people will look at the church to see what's happening. There's a switch that's happening. The Lord is training us to reign with him. You're our kingdom of kings and priests. You have greater authority and power than you realize. In fact, even now, begin to prophesy over your marriage and your family. Right now, begin to declare right now. If you don't even know what to say, just say fresh oil comes right now. You don't even have to know what that means right now. It's okay. Begin to declare right now. It starts with the family. This oil starts now here in this family. Over your finances, in the name of Jesus, that fresh oil flows greater authority greater power <laughs> oh. the fear of the Lord this place and upon this region 
because they know the real thing is here. The real thing is here. People will be drawn and attracted to you. There will be people coming in that door, seeking and hungry and thirsty for what is real and having that encounter with the Holy Spirit that will change and transform. That will be known for that. Because that oil is here and it's now it's being mixed in that mortar. Even what is happening in the construction is just, listen, there's oil all over that thing. It's dripping. We've had ministers in Chile having dreams of honey and oil dripping off the walls. I'm just telling you, it's a new day. It's a new day. I just want you to just begin to just declare even over yourself, begin to just say, it's a new day. It's a new moment right now. Even as a church, we are not weak. <laughs> Power now in Jesus' name. Thank you for joining today's podcast. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, you can partner with us and give at kcalaska.com. Also, don't forget to subscribe to our channel and enjoy more messages like this one.